Mr. Rao, thank you so much for your time. Uh, very appreciated for your visit here in Latvia and television. And my first question would be, um, Poland is sending constantly military support to Ukraine. You are very active in this field. Are you motivated to continue? Well, yes, absolutely. We are motivated to continue and we are ready to take every effort diplomatically and otherwise in order to assure uh, wide support for our uh, Ukrainian neighbors. Ukraine is fighting for its freedom. But the most important thing, at least from the perspective of Polish society, is that perhaps, in the, perhaps for the first time in our history, someone else is fighting for our freedom. And we have to be very much aware of it. And this is the source of our obligation towards the Ukrainian fighters. Because they are true freedom fighters. And when I mean freedom here, I have in mind when I think about freedom they are fighting for, it's the freedom of, uh, not only of uh, freedom of our part of Europe, whether it's for Latvia, other Baltic states, or the countries of the eastern flank of NATO but also for, as I understand it, for the freedom of the free world, because the values that the Ukrainians are defending are uniting all of us. We all share these values. It's freedom, equality, sovereignty, independence, democracy, the rule of law. So all these things that generations in our Western civilization have been fighting for. When you meet your counterparts, other ministers from other European countries, do you feel the same spirit, the same willingness to, to support Ukraine? Well, I'm very happy that my colleagues, especially from Western Europe, because I assume you are referring to them above all, um, seem to think exactly this way. And this is the good thing. Sometimes it's also visible that they are not as spontaneous and not as determined to help Ukraine as we are. But how should I put it? I suppose this is a matter of a certain mental process, because the longer the war lasts, the more convinced they are that it's also their war, in the same way it is, it is ours. So Ukraine, I suppose, by its extraordinary heroic military efforts are bringing the European continent together. Given, it's giving it a new impulse, a kind of what we are witnessing now. I believe it's not only a 
show of unity of uh, European societies, European nations, but also indication that we are going back to the same values that we have already forgotten, right? Because when you look at the Ukrainians, they are ready to fight for something they really believe in. So I would say I call them, the Ukrainians, the Spartans of the 21st century. And I suppose their example unites the free world. But recently we saw there, there were discussions regarding uh, Leopard tanks, for example, with Germany. You had to push to, to Germany to help in your uh, idea to help with tanks, uh, Ukraine. Why? Why there were these discussions? Well, uh, such, uh, such discussions are taking place because it's a matter of different political experience, especially from the past. Here in Latvia, we don't have to persuade anyone that uh, Ukraine deserves every help we can give. In other parts of Europe, the issue is much more complicated, simply because of the fact that uh, some of West European countries used to consider Russia a part of the European, European security architecture. So the idea was that above all, when you are thinking about the security architecture, it has to be together with Russia and never against Russia. And this mode of thinking, despite the war that is almost a year long, a war in which so many atrocities have been committed by the Russians. Despite all that, this mode of thinking is still not over. From the human perspective, it's to some uh, extent un understandable. Why is that? Because if you had a very clear picture of the order of things, that everything is taking its own place, and suddenly you have to put the whole architecture of that together from scratch. It's very difficult intellectually to accept it, especially if it was something that gave you a sense of stability, prosperity, and so on. And very it's very difficult to accept that this is not, not only that it's not working now, you have to accept that it's not going to work in the future. And this is extremely difficult. But this is a process. We are working on our Western partners and friends. Mr. Minister, Ukrainians sometimes say that uh, they feel that the uh, Western world is afraid of Putin losing this war because he can become absolutely crazy and use uh, nuclear weapons. Do you agree with this uh, uh, 
idea that it might happen? You see, it would be intellectually not honest to claim that the chance of a nuclear attack from Russia is completely impossible. But when we watch the war as it is being, as it is being conducted, the war in which Russia has not accomplished much, if you refer to their original expectations. So you can say that the chance that we are going to see a nuclear war, such a, such a scenario is possible, but rather unlikely. I would say, I believe, highly unlikely. But still, you cannot rule out this possibility. Uh, in Poland itself, you had this accident near border when right. rockets uh, fell down and people died. And at that time, I remember, Mr. Minister, that uh, there were first reactions that if this is from Russia, so how NATO would react? Being in Poland, how do you, how do you feel? Do you feel defended by NATO if something uh, like that would happen? Do you feel that NATO uh, alliance are with you? Well, our strong conviction is that in the worst case scenario, the Article 5 will be referred to and this is going to be our collective defense effort. That's for sure. So this is our this is our conviction. But if you ask the average poll, do they see the fundamental difference between our position and the position of Ukrainians? Everyone would say yes. We there is no comparison here. That's why we are convinced that the NATO alliance is giving us a sense of security. Is this an unconditional security? Of course, of course not. But still, but given the uh, uh, Russian threat, as you are saying yourself, uh, the, Russian leadership is trying to present itself as unpredictable. And I suppose it's a, a part of a hybrid war too, when they affect our state of mind. Certainly, this is the case. But objectively, ma'am, think about the Ukrainian efforts to uh, join the North Atlantic uh, uh, community. This indicates how important the, uh, the membership 
in NATO is. You remember that something that the Ukrainians feel very strongly about. They were applying for NATO neighbourship in 2008. They were rejected and then all that started. First the invasion of Georgia, then the annexation of Crimea, invasion of Donbass and so on and so on. So there's a strong conviction whether in Ukraine or in Poland and I believe also in Latvia that in the world in which we live NATO can guarantee more peace and security than any other organization or to put it in a different way living under NATO umbrella makes us the safest people on earth and very finally mr minister uh, we heard that poland is ready to build the strongest uh, army in the europe how do you work to that direction? How do you build your security yourself? Your okay. Uh, well, it's difficult to say whether this is going to be the strongest army in, in Europe. I suppose that we wouldn't mind to uh, uh, have such an army, but uh, there are two issues here, at least. First of all, I believe that uh, under the present condition of the war taking place in our neighborhood. Also, our European countries should follow our example and try to arm themselves to spend more on their defense. We are going to spend this year more than 4% of our GDP. Four, not two, not three, but four more than 3% from our state budget and 1% from the extra budgetary sources. So this is absolutely necessary, especially in our position when we are so much exposed to the possible Russian threat. We are bordering with Russia, we are bordering with Belarus, that we rightly consider right now just another Russian military district and we are bordering with, with Ukraine, the country that is being an object of aggression. So this is absolutely understandable that uh, uh, we are determined to build an, uh, numerous armed forces. Finally, uh, 300,000 uh, troops in order not only to defend ourselves because we don't want to be <coughs> the country that is focused only on our uh, uh, own defense. In other words, we want to also defend our neighbors in other words, using the NATO terminology, we don't want to be only, as we are right now, the receivers of security. We want to be also the country that is providing security to its allies. Mr. Rao, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much, ma'am. Dziękuję bardzo. I wish I could answer you in Latvian. Perhaps next time I will say it in Latvian. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.